I'm Madison. And I'm Emily. And this is the Hockey Trash Cast. We are in the midst of round two of Playoff Hell, which is a pretty good place to be if you're an Avs fan. Yeah, it's a place we haven't been since 2008, which was a long fucking time ago. Correct. Um, the other, all the matchups for round two are obviously us and the Sharks, the Stars and the Blues, the Blue Jackets. And Islanders games. Yeah. Yeah. Blue Jackets and Bruins. So, so, not what anyone was expecting. Yeah. Yeah, so all four wild card teams have advanced. Both number one seeds are out. It's the first time that's happened ever in the history of, like, any major sport. Yeah. It's the wild card wild. chaos squad is real. For real. I love it. Even if I hate CBJ and the stars. But, like, I still... God, I, I hate love it so much. And fucking the entire internet was losing its mind over Matt Duchesne's double overtime goal for them the other night. And I was like, I don't want to see this. I've been getting in so many fights with people about Matt Duchesne because I just, like, can't not remind everyone that he's a piece of shit. And then people are like, but he's good. And I'm like, okay, but he's a was a dick. He's, he's good at hockey, but I don't like him as a person. Yeah, and then they're like, he was good when he was with the Avs. And I'm like, not at the end. And they're like, you're wrong. Go like, back you know, to Nebraska, which is a real conversation that I had. It literally ended with him telling me to go back to Nebraska. And I was like... I don't know you. Why do you know that I lived there at any point in my life? That's mad creepy. Men are terrifying. Yeah, I hate middle-aged men. Why? Like, I get that Tumblr, or not Tumblr, fuck, Twitter is like a, an open forum where like people can see what you posted even if you're not friends or whatever but like why do middle-aged men feel the need to comment random negative obnoxious shit on things that we say especially when i was like it all started because i responded to someone else and i was like they were like why did we get rid of Matt Duchesne? And I was like, he literally asked to be traded. And this guy was like, yeah, because we sucked. And I was like, so did he. And then he just, like, <laughs> lost his fucking mind and was like, he, I was, I was like, he, he also, like, wasn't good. Like, he wasn't trying he his best. Trying. He, that's what I said. I was like, he stopped trying. And he was like, when? And I was like, like, his last three years with the Avs. And granted, that might sound be a, like, when I say three years, I'm also including the year he got traded to Columbus. Yeah. And I stand by that he stopped trying in those years. And this guy was like, you don't know anything about hockey, blah, blah, blah. Do you even watch games? And I was like, okay, I'm tired. Get wrecked. I don't have that. I literally just, I will not respond to people saying shit like that. I was just like, 
I just really like to trash talk Matt Duchesne. I that's fair. I can't resist. <laughs> but like I I'm like in a way I'm just as bad as them, except that I like never stalk people. That's where I draw the line. Yeah, like I'll tell you you're wrong on the internet. But I'm not gonna look up facts about your life before I do that because that's yeah, I can stay on one topic effectively. Yeah. Like I don't need to drag your personal life into me making fun of your bad hockey takes. Exactly. Exactly. The best part though was when he told me to stick to Nebraska sports. Clearly, hockey isn't one of them, and I was like. Did you know that University of Nebraska is actually really good at hockey? It was like, like, University of Nebraska Omaha, like, literally has an abs prospect right now. And, like, they have multiple USHL teams, which is the highest junior hockey league in the United States of America. Colorado has none. I was like, Nebraskans love hockey. (laughs) Get the fuck out of my face. (laughs) I was so mad. I was like... How can you say something so wrong and think you're right? <laughs> okay. Aww. Speaking of uh, staying on topic, the <laughs> they did a puck personality video where they asked hockey players what they're good at other than hockey, and instead of saying nothing, which is what they meant to say... They all gave some really awful answer about what else they're good at. A lot of golf. Nathan McKinnon, basic white boy that he is, said golf. We know Nate. We know you Jack play Eichel golf. and Austin Matthews both said driving. <laughs> Jack I'll give because he grew up in Boston, so that motherfucker could probably drive. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that, but that... That driving is more than just a day-to-day skill in Boston. It's uh, it's like going to war. So yeah. <laughs> it's a so combat like, I, zone. I give Eichel that. Who are some of the other? Oh, Charlie McAvoy said he's good at crossword puzzles. <laughs> what a precious child. Or like something like that. Yeah, it was crossword puzzles. Yeah, I love him. It was either word searches or crossword puzzles. I don't remember. Word search. That's what it was. Yeah. What a gem. Someone said cooking. I don't remember who said cooking. Not Nathan McKinnon. What else? I don't remember what else was in that video, but like everyone was super boring. Yeah, it was really boring, which is why we forgot. The highlight is definitely Charlie McAvoy. Being like, I'm good at word searches. My mom gave me a word search book. I'm like, what? (laughs) Otherwise, it was like a lot of other sports. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Seth Jones was like, I'm good at basketball. And I was like, I hope so. Yeah, like, your dad was in the NBA. Yeah, like... It'd be weird if you weren't. Like, did your dad not teach you any of his skills? <laughs> we know your mom worked with you on your hockey skills, but I hope your dad helped you with some basketball skills. Yeah. I'm just glad Nate didn't say acting. 
<laughs> he's so bad. Right, we, we know him. he's better than Sidney Crosby, but that's a really low bar. I don't know. The I'm okay, thank you was pretty solid. <laughs> I think Nate is has a career in com- comedy. That's where he belongs. Hey, Sydney? <laughs> Nathan McKinnon on SNL, please. Oh my god. I would die. Like, I would real life die. I would actually cry. He would need to co-host with Sid, though, because I think if he was on his own, he would be way too uncomfortable and awkward. So he either needs Sid or Tyson Berry with him. Both would be so amazing. (laughs) I also just want to see Tyson Berry, like, known chaotic entity Tyson Berry, and Sydney, I refuse to have a personality in front of the media, Crosby, interact with each other. They do. Like, they've partied together in the past. Like, I'm sure they have, but we know that they know each other, but, like, I can't even, like, imagine what their interactions would be like. No. It's wild. Hey, Tim Hortons, give us what we really want and put Dyson Berry in your next commercial with Sid and Nate. Please and thank you. Speaking of Tyson Berry being a chaos entity, they did a mic'd up video with Tyson Berry. The abs <laughs> did. Kind of like, because they did one with Jost. Yeah, they did one earlier. with Jost to be like a little kid. And then they were like, oh, we'll do one with Tyson Berry and it'll be funny. He. He doesn't say a word. He it is was completely silent. The entire- silent. Time. There's a so clip funny. of him on the bench with Nate, and Nate just goes, D- Do you want to say something? Do you want to say anything? And he's just silent. Was Nate not in on it? Like, did Tyson just come no, up I with this idea was and was like, I'm gonna do it? Because they interviewed him after, and he's like, Yeah, you know, they said they were going to mic me up, so I thought it'd be really funny if I just didn't say anything. It was really hard, because some of the guys out there were just awful, and I wanted to make fun of them, but I couldn't. (laughs) It's the hardest thing I've ever done. He said he would consider doing another one where he actually talks, but that he just thought it would be really funny to be silent the whole time. I mean, honestly, it was hilarious, and also that was 110% Eric Johnson's idea. (laughs) It probably was. I just love how he was like, yeah, some of the coaches were getting mad at me because I wasn't calling for the buck. And I was like, the level of dedication to this prank, Tyson. We don't deserve Tyson Berry. I love him. Oh my god. Um, other apparent chaos entities, Connor McDavid just released a CCM ad. It's so funny. It's like, these skates are so good that anyone could be Connor McDavid. So it's just him and a bunch of like random other roles, like as a Zamboni driver, as the arena organist. It's so funny. It's great. Definitely check that out, because... 
I don't even like Connor McDavid, but I was like, damn, he really, this white bread man just came out and was like, surprise, I can be funny, and I did not expect it. He's finally showing a personality. What a, what a surprise. But it was great, and you should definitely look it up. Since we never really got to, like, completely wrap up round one, because it wasn't completely finished last time we recorded. Oh, yeah, that's true. They were still, like, against The abs were finished, seven. but not everyone was. There's just, like, a, a few things to discuss about Game 7s. Like, yeah. Mike Babcock being really bad at his job. Why... Did Austin Matthews play only 18 minutes in Game 7? I don't understand. Also, their top power play unit got, like, 47 seconds out of the two minutes of each power play. Which makes literally no sense because it's stacked. Why did they... Why was he rolling their fourth line so often? In an important game that they were not winning? I do not understand. I do not understand. Dubas is pissed. He hasn't, like, said anything, but, like, you can tell. You you could see it in the videos of him, like, reacting to the game. There's... There's no way they keep Babcock after the season. Like, they cannot possibly justify keeping him on. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not, like... I'm not deep enough into, um, like, Leafs world to, like, know if maybe there are reasons to keep Babcock, but, like, his playoff performance was fucking atrocious because that team is so good, and the fact that they never made it past the the first round with him is, like, ridiculous. He's been there for four years. And they were leaving the series, and then everything went to shit. Yeah, it was bad. I don't know. We have a couple Leafs listeners that I follow on Twitter, and, mm-hmm. like, their hot take is get rid of Mike Babcock. I think I'm... one of them, Allie, definitely said that we should fire him into the sun, so. <laughs> I'm just, I'm taking that as the blanket Leafs stance on Babcock, and nobody likes him. I respect that. Um, the Sharks and the Knights played a Game 7. That was incredibly wild. Oh my god. Like, absurd. I like... The Knights were up 3 nothing, With 10 minutes left in the game. The last period, I guess. Um, third period, yeah. but... Then, um, Cody Egan cross-checked Joe Pavelski off a face-off, and Pavelski, like, ran into Stasny going backwards, and then, like, bounced off Stasny onto the ground, onto the ice, and then, like, hurt his head, which was terrifying. There was lots of blood, and he looked very injured. There was what looked like a seizure, like, it was not... It was bad. It was bad. Real bad. The refs gave Cody Egan a five-minute major 
the key here is Cody Egan cross-checked him to the sternum. It was just like weird luck, bad luck, that Stasny happened to be where he was so that Pavelski, like, fell the way that he did. Like, it wasn't... It, it wasn't, wasn't like Eakin checked him in the face or anything. Yeah, Eakin did not cross-check him to the head, which is supposedly what the refs told Gallant was the reason that he was given a five-minute instead of a minor. On that five-minute major, the shark scored four goals. In four minutes. Like, they didn't even need the full five. Yeah, then the Knights scored another one, took it to overtime, and the Sharks ended up winning. The NHL has formally apologized to the Golden Knights because it was a bad call that changed the tide of the game. They interviewed Marcia so right after the game, Pissed. and he lost his mind over it. He was so upset. I mean, it was bullshit. And um, the refs that were refing that game are not refing any more games in the the playoffs this season. Yeah. And apparently I saw, I forget who the quote was from, but it was someone I think not on either team saying, yeah, like that was just unlucky because you see it like, Nine times out of ten, when you lose the face off, you give a little cross check to the dude who wins. Yeah, so that's what people like. Really bad luck. Yeah, and the key is the refs didn't see it. Like the refs didn't see the cross check. They just gave a penalty because they were like, "Oh, cross <laughs> checks a happen blood. a lot in face off circles," and now he's bleeding. Yeah. This has started a discussion amongst a lot of people about whether or not video review should be added for penalties. Which is interesting. Yeah. I am on the side of, I think, they should be implemented for major penalties only. I could see that as being reasonable. Like, just a five-minute major, the refs can... If a five-minute major is called, it gets video reviewed. People seem to think that that means it's going to turn all two-minute penalties that could be five-minute majors into video reviews, but I don't think that's necessary. Like, I think if instead of reviewing any penalty that could be a major, you only review the ones where the call on the ice is a major, that solves that problem. (laughs) Um, The only other alternative I see to avoid this bullshit happening again would be, like, any time there's an injury to the head, the penalty has to be a major. If that makes sense. Because, like, I have seen the argument that it's like, yeah, what Cody Eakin did wasn't him intentionally going after his head, but it did result in a head injury, and a cross-check is a penalty. So, like, yeah, should that, should for safety's sake, we just, like, over-penalize that? And yeah. I kind of see the argument if for that. If the NHL wants to actually be serious about 
their claim that they want to reduce head injuries and whatnot, then I think that's a justifiable position for them to take, that anything that results in a head injury... Like, unless the head injury is caused by, like, the player just, like, falling randomly. But, like, if there's any penalty... over your skates, Yeah. you're not going to call a penalty. What are they going to do, like, penalize you? Yeah, but, like, I see an argument for if anyone... If there's any penalty that leads to an injury to the head, regardless of whether or not, like, it was to the head or intentional, it results in a major... Yeah, I see like the argument for that. Someone and like their head goes into the post or the boards or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, I could see that. I don't think that would be a bad thing. I doubt the NHL will do it. Yeah, I don't see why. I get that people are annoyed with video review because it slows down the game, but I also don't think that's a very good argument when we have technology available to us to make it so the refs can do a better job like I don't think that's a good argument especially because even if the refs don't review it like you know every broadcast team that was airing that game was like oh let's take another look at this yeah like if the technology is available there's no reason for them to not I don't know Yeah, and there's I there's and not like a people, good way to make the rule if the refs didn't see what happened there should be a video review so they can figure out what to call but like that's sort of what the rule needs to be yeah it's like it's definitely a complicated issue but I think the argument that like we can't have any video review because it's bad is bad I agree that the implementation of the offsides video review is bullshit um Thanks, Matt Duchesne. Yeah, Matt Duchesne did, in fact, create the offsides review. My issue with the offsides review, though, is, like, if you're going to review it and call back a goal that was offsides, all those minutes that happened in between the offsides, the missed offsides, and the goal need to go back into the game. Like, that's my issue with it, because I'm like, it's bullshit that the players are out there playing their ass off to get a goal, and then you're like, oh, those two minutes don't count because the ref, the linesman missed that it was offsides. Especially because they can call it back after so much time. Like, I get it if you score off the play that brought the puck in offsides like whatever okay, no i've fine, literally seen that. but like if you bring it in and you shoot and it's you know deflected and someone else you like play for two minutes in the zone and then you score it doesn't fucking matter and i've seen that happen it so it's like that yeah but also offsides isn't a safety issue and I think that's the other thing. Yeah. Like, do I think that we should be doing video review for whether or not there was a face-off violation? No, because that's stupid. But when it comes to player safety, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing a fucking video review. Yeah. And I've seen an argument that, like, oh, this means that refs will just be afraid to give five-minute majors because then it's... Because they don't want to, like, deal with the video review so they'll just like only give a two minute minor i don't even think that's that bad of a thing because if like tom wilson does an obvious injury on a player and they're like they give it a two minute because the ref's fucking weak and doesn't want to just give it the five minute major it deserves like the nhl will still suspend them 
Yeah. You know, like, the player is still going to face consequences for that action. Whereas, like, the team shouldn't necessarily have to face consequences because the player did something bad. Like, I'm not saying the Capitals aren't at fault for Tom Wilson being at least part of Tom Wilson being a piece of shit. Because they definitely enable him. But, like, in general, like... Honestly, I can I see the flip fair. side being more majors get called because refs are like, they know, like, all, all the TV crews are going to be rerunning this to look at it and see if that was warranted. So, like, I better fucking look at it and see if this should be a major. Yeah, I can call it a major and then make sure that it's that it's a major. I just don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm always on the side of, like, if you've got the information and you've got the technology available to you, like, we shouldn't be keeping someone from using it. Yeah. Especially when it comes to, like, safety. Yeah, but, I Whatever. Because the argument for the reason that they have the offsides thing is that it can change the current of a game. But, like, a five-minute major definitely changes the current of the game. Yeah. Because, you know, with the major, you don't get released after a goal is scored. So mm-hmm. that's how you get the Sharks scoring four goals. In one penalty. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all very stupid and complicated. And there's a lot to be said about it. Yeah. Also, the Canes won in a game seven, but theirs was just like a hockey game. I think there was an overtime, though. Because I think yeah. Jordan Stahl scored the OT winner, and it was very exciting because apparently Mark Stahl had done that in a game seven yeah. like, ten years earlier because the Stahls are all of indeterminate age and have played for every team in the NHL somehow. Yeah, I don't understand the stalls, and at this point I'm not going to ask. They're hockey cryptids. That's, like, all I know about them. There are many, and their children are identical, and they have lots of those. In the aftermath of the chaos that was round one of the playoffs, Deadspin wrote an artful piece in which they detailed the eight deadly sins of the first round. So each team that was eliminated is assigned a deadly sin. That is the reason that they they lost. I like I hate that we're quoting a deadspin article on this podcast because I'm like morally opposed to the existence of deadspin, but also this is too good not to share with the world. Yeah, like this author is a fucking genius and that's Kelly Harris, by the way. Good work, Kelly Harris. We, we stand. like you. I just want to throw out here that the picture at the top of this article is Alexander Ovechkin like looking up at the sky and being pissed off. And the caption for this photo is God has a hangover and he's displeased. And really that just sets the tone for this Jeff Muffin article. Um, we've already posted it to Twitter, and is it, I think it's on the Tumblr too, right? Possibly? I think so. It's but definitely we'll on Twitter. It we'll it. It'll be available. It's definitely on Twitter already. You might have to scroll back a little bit, but it is incredibly worth the read, but we will do a quick little summary 
because we know not everyone will read it, even though they should. Definitely should. Tampa Bay. So, in a surprise to no one, yeah. Tampa Bay is guilty of pride, duh, obviously. Um, highlights from this section are uh, the quote, God owes you nothing, Stephen Stamkos. <laughs> Uh, the whole thing's great, but, like, it's probably the least exciting of all of them because everybody knows Tampa Bay's guilty of pride. Yeah. I also really like in here, when faced with the rampaging forecheck of half a dozen yappy terriers, Tampa <laughs> Bay dropped all semblance of structure altogether. Yeah, throughout that entire portion, the canes are referred to as small dogs that are just incredibly vicious. And they're right. That's that's exactly what they are to the lightning. Yeah. So that was that was great. The Pe- penguins were guilty of the deadly sin of gluttony. This rundown starts with this is not a Phil Kessel joke. Thank God. Like so funny. <laughs> that line alone makes this article worth reading. But another highlight is uh the the gluttony that they're referring to is that the penguins just want to keep getting more and more awards. And yeah. the Sidney <laughs> <laughs> Crosby had half a corona to celebrate in 2017 and then went to the gym the next morning, his thirst for victory unquenched. You can't you've won everything there is to win, Sidney. Not the Calder, Sidney Crosby grunted, lifting his kettlebells of penance and longing. I can never win the Calder. I was in tears when I read that. Like, literally sitting at work, crying. It's so good. And it ends with, are you trading because you really need to make a trade? Or are you trading to fill a void in your heart? Which is, honest to God, what I think every Pens fan felt watching GMJR just keep doing stupid shit with trades all season. Yeah. The Calgary Flames are guilty of the deadly sin of envy. Is it reasonable that we just read this entire paragraph? Because I love all of it. Frankly, I support it. (laughs) Okay. So are Calgary Flames right up? See, what more could you want, Calgary? You were the first seed in the West, in possession of scads of young, hot talent, a solid friendship core. You had Johnny Goudreau feeding the other flames purple Gatorade like a mama bird made of Cheeto dust and teenage dreams. <laughs> then the avalanche rolled up with their hot top line and the entire team collapsed. We all thought it would be your goalie, but no, it was the skaters watching Miko Rantanen's hair glisten in the arena lights while they forgot how to move the puck. Listen, guys, I get it. Gabriel Landeskog has a jawline like a limited-edition fair-trade Ken doll, but when your captain admits that, quote, they made the team look and feel good all night, you know you spent too long doing Landeskog's homework for him. He's getting an A on that paper, and Mark Giordano is failing AP English. You guys have have got to stop making Nathan McKinnon mixtapes. I know you love him. I know Mike Smith called him a beast and just wants to feel Nathan's bicep one time before he dies. But Calgary, it's time to learn to value what you have. 
I just love the explanation that they were too distracted by how gorgeous all of our players are to play good hockey. Like, that's, it's, they're right. Like, that's exactly what I feel like happened. I mean, the part about Nathan McKinnon is entirely true. Like, there were moments where you saw, like, the entire, like, Flames team just, like, stop trying when Nate really got going. And it's so real. They're like, oh, shit, what's he gonna do now? Also, Johnny Goudreau as a mama bird made of Cheeto dust and teenage dreams. Like, that was where I solidly lost it during this article. I was laughing. That killed me. The thing with Johnny Goudreau is he also, like, he doesn't just look like a teenager. He eats like a teenager. And he behaved like a teenager when they lost that game because he fucking, like, went off on the refs after they gave him a goddamn penalty shot in the game. Like, Johnny... You lost that game fair and square, you piece of shit. Get over yourself. That actually pissed me off. Like, I was like, I get mad at refs a lot. But during the handshake line, I would not spend my time yelling at the refs after they gave me a penalty shot in a game. It's not their fault you failed to convert on more than one breakaway. Yeah. The Winnipeg Jets are guilty of the deadly sin of acedia, I believe? How you pronounce it? I assume that's Latin. I think and so. It apparently indicates apathy and spiritual torpor. A historical deep cut, they say, which is iconic. Which is actually very legitimate. Like, I do truly feel like the Winnipeg Jets just, like, didn't even try at any point. They didn't. The Winnipeg Jets used to be a sprightly team full of talent, hope, and conference final finishes, but they hit puberty this year and started getting into evanescence. Other highlight. Teen druid Patrick Laine scored a billion goals in a month and then locked himself in his room to play Fortnite and refused to come out for dinner the rest of the season. (laughs) (laughs) It ends with, their Game 6 effort was a plaintive radio head cover at a house party. Nobody wants an acoustic guitar at a rager, Blake Wheeler. (laughs) The poor Jets, though. Truly. The The Nashville Predators were guilty of sloth. The Predators slumped through the season like a college senior with two credits left before graduation. All year, the Preds were late to class, rarely scoring in the first period, and while they figured they could style it out by finals, that late surge of energy never quite materialized. I just like, Wayne Simmons keeps calling the Flyers from the downstairs bathroom. Second line center Kyle Tourist is on academic probation. <laughs> oh, sorry, Nashville. Not sorry. I'm not sorry at all. Leafs are guilty of greed. I really need you to listen to this next line. So, like, stop whatever you're doing and just really take this in. (laughs) Yes. The Maple Leafs cradled the hopes of thousands of desperate Canadians in Mitch Marner's weird little raccoon hands and then dropped them in the gutter. Weird little raccoon hands! 
future that would never come. And now Star Center Austin Matthews has fresh legs to golf on all summer. At least he'll look good in track pants. I also love it ends with the salary cap is about to come knocking at their door, which is truly just a beautiful image because I just see, like, the Grim Reaper, except it's Gary Bettman, coming to the door of Kyle Dubas and, like, knocking, and Kyle is like, no! <laughs> it's so true, though. <laughs> We have the Golden Knights, guilty of the deadly sin of wrath. Spite is a valuable asset in hockey and in life. But when spite mutates into wrath, it renders a team vulnerable to the love-fueled vengeance of the San Jose Sharks. From Coach George Gallant... George. George. That's wrong. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's a direct quote. They called him George Gallant. Anyway, he did call the Sharks coach a clown. Yeah. That's not even a joke. That's, like, real. Joe Thornton is an old man, though. He is. (laughs) Look. Yeah. Consumed by their ire about the controversial five-minute major against Cody Egan, the Knights were so busy having imaginary arguments with the referee in their heads that they missed scrappy little nobody Barclay Goudreau as he careened towards a Sharks victory in OT. Vegas, you now possess that most important holy relic of the postseason, an unjust penalty call that cruelly deprived you of a real run. This talisman will carry you through many dark nights. Treasure it. (laughs) And finally... The Washington Capitals were guilty of the deadly sin of lust. The Capitals have drunk deep from the cup of life since their Stanley Cup win last June. Insert photo of TJ Oshie shotgunning a beard through his shirt. (laughs) That one closes out with, Love is important, but it can't shoot the puck for you. Yep, yep, yep. So thank you, Kelly Harris, for this truly life-changing article. We are blessed. Please take some time to read the whole thing if you haven't already. You will not regret it. Yeah, it's, it's everything. Speaking of deadly sins, so many players were playing injured during the playoffs. Like... First of all, the entire Pens team was injured, which I know we've talked about. But, like, Zach Hyman played with a torn ACL. Like, buddy. Just think about that. Buddy, no. I'm in pain just thinking about it. Yeah. Before we segue into uh, actual playoff round two talk... It's uh, time to discuss the uh, NHL award nominees or finalists, I guess, that have been announced. Yeah. So up since we last covered this, we have the King Clancy Memorial Trophy, 
which is for leadership and humanitarian efforts. Our nominees are Oliver Ekman Larson, Hendrik Lund- Henrik Lundquist, and Jason Zucker. And this is I'm the one. Be honest, I don't know a damn thing about any of them. Me neither. But uh, this is the one where every team nominates someone, and then they get voted on from there. And uh, yeah, I did, Gabe was nominated for the abs again, per usual. He never makes yeah. it to the finalists, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Shout okay, out to my boy. In the worst news, quite possibly, of my life, uh, the Ted Lindsay Award, which is the most outstanding player as voted on by the players themselves. Yeah. Patrick Kane. That one is not, yeah, no, no. Patrick Kane could get fucked. Patrick Kane sucks. I literally, they could have nominated fucking, like, I don't even know, the Ottawa Senators second string goalie and, like, I don't know, someone from, who else was bad? Someone from the Panthers. And, like, I still just no. Just no. Did he have a career season? Technically, yes. Is he technically good at hockey? I guess. Is he the best player of the season? No. No. Also, fucking give Nathan McKinnon the respect he deserves, you cowards. I realize now that we didn't talk about the other nominees who are Nikita Kucherov, which makes sense. And Connor McDavid, which also makes sense because they are elite, really good players that had amazing seasons. But the fact that Nathan McKinnon isn't nominated is blasphemous. Yes. So that's some bullshit. Fuck Patrick Kane forever. The Calder is Jordan Bennington, Rasmus Dahlin, and Elias Pettersson. Obviously it's going to go to Pettersson. If it doesn't go to Pettersson, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm mad that Jordan Bennington got nominated over Heskinen because Heskinen is, yeah. had a fucking amazing season and Bennington and, didn't show up until halfway through the fucking season. Yeah, so, like, if they were gonna give it to a goalie, it should have gone to Carter Hart instead of Bennington. Yes. But, like, it should have gone to Heskinen. Yeah, I'm mad. I don't even like the Stars, and I'm mad. So, like, yeah. I am so sorry, Stars fans. That is such bullshit. Fuck yeah, Troy Bennington. Not- I don't know anything about him. He just didn't deserve to be up for the Calder. No. But, like, if Patterson doesn't win, I'm going to lose my mind. So. We also have the Mark Messier Leadership Award. Nominees are Mark Giordano, Wayne Simmons, and Justin Williams. I don't have feelings about any of those players, to be totally honest. Like, Giordano's good at hockey. Yeah. Um, Jack Adams, which is coach of the year. We have Craig Baru. Is that how you say his name? I'm not sure. 
don't even know. John Cooper and Barry Trotz. I'm gonna be honest, I don't really care about that one. Neither do I. And then, in some more, frankly, slanderous nominations, are three for The Heart, which is the MVP as decided by the press instead of the players. We have Sidney Crosby, Nikita Kucherov, and Connor McDavid. And again, this is blatant Nathan McKinnon erasure, and I will not stand for it. What really gets me about this is that Connor McDavid's nominated and his team didn't even make the goddamn playoffs. Like, why do we keep nominating Connor McDavid for this award? It's not about who's the best player, which, like, he does deserve to be up for Ted Lindsay. He is a great player. It's about who's most valuable to their team. No one could be that valuable to the Oilers if they didn't make the fucking playoffs. I mean, in his defense, he is trying to make a team of, like, 13 infants and, like, a couple of peewee players play in the NHL, but still. I mean, Sidney Crosby took a team with fucking Jack Johnson on it to the playoffs, and the Pens just, like, weren't good this year, and he got them to the playoffs. All mills single-handedly. Nikita Kucherov's obviously gonna win this, obviously deserves it, was amazing for the Lightning in the regular season. Literally fought Connor McDavid. Yeah, I mean, if if we have to replace one of them to put Nathan McKinnon in, I feel like McDavid is the easy answer. Yeah. I'm just pissed because he was snubbed last year twice, and now he's not even a finalist. My boy deserves better than this. I'm upset. In equally upsetting news, playoff beards. So, the Colorado Avalanche social media was able to do the right thing and shame Matt Calvert and Tyson Berry for their terrible beards. They're so bad. They're really bad. They're really bad. They've also started posting content asking if playoff mustaches are a thing because Calvert, like, doesn't actually have a beard. He just has this, like, scraggly little blob mustache situation. Gravy, Matt, uh, to Ryan Graves, also has a mustache that is bad. His is at least dark, so, like, you Still can bad. see it from a distance, but it's really bad. <laughs> like, it's so bad. Like, this is like high school boy trying to grow his first mustache bad. It's bad. Also, Sam Gerard and Tyson Berry have almost identical facial hair. They're children and cannot grow facial hair. Um, EJ straight up publicly shamed his own beard. <laughs> the abs posted a picture of him at an interview and he reposted it with playoff beard yikes. <laughs> right across it. <laughs> we don't deserve Eric Johnson. I love him so much. Um, the, right now, the abs are playing the team with the best playoff beards and just the best beards, period, in the NHL. Like, I mean, they have Brent Burns and Joe Thornton. 
There like, is... I know neither of them are technically playoff beards because they just have beards, but they're beautiful. Just they're, works they're, of art. They're legendary. Like, like, they're iconic. Yeah, so... Because no one else on the Sharks could grow facial hair. Yeah. Like, they would still win the facial hair contest. They look fantastic, and, uh... Joe Thornton's beard is gray in places but like the because he is an beard, old man, but it, it works. Like, it's, like, fashion. Like, high fashion. <laughs> Joe Thornton is killing the beard game, okay? Brent Burns just looks like a Wookiee, but it works for him because, like, I think he might actually be part Wookiee. And yeah. And just embraced. Usually I'm not into that, but, like, he's he's working it. It, it works for him. Like, it's not attractive, it's but it works for him. Correct. Yeah, especially because, like, in his day-to-day life, he's very, like, Northern Californian, like, nature man. So I'm like, yeah, I believe, like, that you just go out and chop wood in your flannel in your spare time and hang out with Bigfoot. Like, makes sense. Yeah, they like to get brunch. It's fine. See, I know the NBC commentators have been really hype about Taylor Sagan. Taylor, Jesus. Tyler Sagan, like, growing out his hair in addition to whatever facial hair he's got going on. I don't know. I'm trying to think of other, like, notable playoff face situations that are happening. I can't think of anyone else that's, like, I've really noticed so far. Matt Duchesne's is bad, but also I just hate his face, so I'm gonna be biased. Yeah. That's fair. Panarin's is kind of goofy looking, but that might also just be his face. Yeah. Before we get in-depth for the Avs, um, other playoff stuff happening. Hurricanes versus the Islanders. Who do you think's going to win the series? Ignoring what we know now, who did you think was going to win this series? I mean, before this, I thought the Islanders were going to win. I think that's what's in my second chance bracket. But honestly, I think the Canes might pull it out. Yeah, the Canes are like, leading two nothing. Game in New York. I thought the Islanders were definitely gonna win this one. I wanted the Canes to win, and they're going to. I, it looks like they look like they've at least yeah. got a really good chance they're, at it. They're playing really well. So. I'm very excited about that. Um, Bruins and Blue Jackets. I, I need the Bruins to win. I need the Bruins to win so badly. Need them to win. I don't remember what I have in my second chance bracket because I remember I made one that was like what I actually thought was gonna happen, and then I remembered what happened last time I did that, and then I just kind of like fucked it all up. I think I have the Bruin winning series is tied as of right now, so mm-hmm. I hope the Bruins possible. win because I fucking hate the Blue Jackets and I actually kind of like the Bruins, so um, yeah. Currently, as we're recording, the St. Louis Blues and the Dallas Stars are playing. They're tied one-to-one. 
in the series, but the Blues are currently winning the game. I think the Blues are going to win this series. Like, that was my thought going into it, and I still think that. I want the Stars to win because I hate the Blues that much. And also, if the Avalanche win this series, they can stomp all over the Stars, whereas I would be very afraid to watch a playoff series between the Avalanche and the Blues. Yeah. So St. Louis is winning 2-1 right now, but it's just the start of the third. Mm-hmm. There's still hope. Yeah, for, for, a multiple, for multiple reasons, I want the Stars to win this series. Because fuck the Blues, and also I am more confident in our ability to beat Dallas. Yeah. The M's obviously playing the Sharks. We are tied one to one right now. I really do think that we could win this series. I I do. I think we could. I think. I think it'll be tough, but I think it can be done. To at home, then we're in a really good place. Well, because we won one away, now even though we don't have home ice advantage, we don't have to win a game in the Shark Tank again. Yeah. As long as we can win at home. So, that'd be good. I'm also hoping that the Sharks' seven-game series starts to weigh on them soon. Yeah, me too. Like, they have to be tired. Especially when they get to Denver, I'm hoping that, like, the altitude and being old and having played a, like a really intense seven games before this um, and like not having the fans behind them. I th- yeah. I'm hoping that's going to kind of like weigh on them and then the abs can pull out two wins and yeah. Honestly, we just need to shut down Brent Burns. Like that- He's really all that's been relevant this what whole series for the Sharks. There's been two games since we recorded. Um, the first game, the Avs came out looking pretty good. But not they they I won't say they dominated, but they looked good against the Sharks. And then yeah, after first intermission, the Sharks came out and were like, "We own this game." Yeah. So, they looked a little rusty. And then we so we were up right and then they got a double minor for breaking JT Comfort's face and they managed to kill off the entire four minutes and then suddenly were like hey we can play hockey now Mm -hmm. and just like absolutely ran us over Mm -hmm. for the rest of that game Like, they got two goals in, like, a minute and a half or something. It was not great. Game two, I did not watch in its entirety because I bought endgame tickets long before I knew the Avs would be playing that day. Um, proceeded to forget about said endgame tickets and then was kind of sad that I was missing the Avalanche game. Um, but the Avs won... And I did catch the end of the game. They 
made sure to make it as stressful as humanly possible. Seriously, I was afraid it was going to go to OT and I was going to be so bad. Me too. So, Evander Kane scored first on... Ooh. It was was honestly a breakdown of our defense and, like, I don't want to throw Sam Gerrard and Kale McCarr under the bus, but, like, it was kind of their fault. And I love them both, and they're both great players. But Gerard's only been in the NHL a year and a half. McCarr's been in the NHL for, like, a week. <laughs> they're gonna make some mistakes. I, d- I, I don't... Have them as a pair. I know a lot of people really like them as a pair, but I think people like them as a pair because they like both the players. I, d- I don't like I, the pairing two offensive defensemen together. I, I like... Think I like- having a stay-at-home defenseman in a pairing. Yeah. I think I like them against certain teams. Not the, the Sharks. Sharks are big and physical. And Kale and Sam are small. So small. I'm pretty sure Makar is actually bigger than Kerfoot, but Kerfoot is also tiny, so... Yeah, he is bigger than Kerfoot. And also Sidney Crosby, which is weird, but... Well, taller than Jill Small. Crosby's left ass cheek weighs more than Cal McCarr, but that's true. <laughs> but also, he's still a baby and hasn't had any NHL bulking up time. Because See, I'm naming the Sam podcast Sydney's Crosby's camp? left ass cheek weighs more than Cal <laughs> McCarr. But also, like, do you remember when Sam Gerard rolled into camp this year, having put on 15 pounds of muscle? So, like. Yeah. It's still time for Ricard to beef up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think they're both really great, and I think they've both got potential to be elite. I just, I'm not sure how I feel about them. But, as a but pair. pairing makes me nervous, and they got so much ice time. Yeah. With, like, Bednar has faith in them, and I do trust him, but also I was nervous. It was a choice. It's interesting. I'm not saying it's bad, I'm just saying, hey, I wouldn't have made it. Yeah. Obviously. As I have so much hockey experience, but I should yeah. be listening to me. In, in our vast coaching knowledge. <laughs> uh, Tyson Berry really won the game for us, though. He Tyson had really a goal that was beautiful. And Pierre Edward Vlasic is still pissed about it because he thought it was going to be an icing, but it wasn't. Okay, but, like, also, fuck them. The Sharks were like, we want an apology for that missed call. Like, the Knights got. And I'm like, that is not the same thing. It did not change the tide of the game. It was the the first, like, you could have easily come back from it, and you almost did. And, like, it's standard... I've never played a game of hockey, but I know that until you hear a whistle from the ref, you, you play. If you're dumb enough to pull back before the whistle, that's on you. Yeah, that was them being shitty. Like, some people have made the argument that, like, yeah, the Knights had a shitty call, but, like, I still feel like the Sharks deserve to win that game because how the fuck did they let four goals in on in four minutes? And I'm like, that's honestly yeah. a valid argument. Like... But yeah, fuck, yeah, fuck the sharks. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, Tyson Berry also assisted on two goals. Assist, so we're very proud of him. 
That was his first playoff goal of his career. Yes. We love him. He also assisted on two. There was a tip-in off of Tyson's shot. So, like, he almost had two goals. Um, and Tyson assisted on um, the Matt goal. Oh, he also goal. assisted on Nieto's goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to give a shout-out to Matt Calvert on that. Because that boy will sacrifice himself for any play. That one wasn't even the worst, though. Like I was going to say, that's not even the one where he, like, was like, Nate's gotta get this, like, empty netter and just, like, died for the avalanche. Demolished. Guys, Brent Burns is, I think they said, 40 pounds heavier and has six inches on him and just laid him out. And he still made the pass. Matt Calvert died for our sins. (laughs) Matt Calvert for MVP. Matt Calvert died so that Sydney, so that Nathan McKinnon could score that beautiful goal. Yeah. Which we needed because Ian fucking Cole decided to get a penalty with 19 seconds left in the game. And fucking Brent Burns decided to score. Yeah, it was, like, really close. Like, the last few seconds, I was, like, honestly, like, on the edge of my seat. Yeah, because Cole got the penalty. I was like, okay, we have to keep it together for, like, 20 seconds. It's gonna be okay. And, like, eight seconds into it, Burns scores. I'm like, well, now we still have 12 seconds to kill, and I don't even know if we can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also want to point out, Philip Grubauer got the secondary assist on Nate's empty netter, so he has as many points as Johnny Goudreau has in the playoffs. <laughs> Amazing! Connor oh. McGee tweeted out that fun fact. Best thing I've heard. The Sharks are now headed to Denver. They're probably in Denver. I would assume they're in Denver by now. They play Tuesday tomorrow tomorrow at 8 Mountain Time. And then Thursday, also at 8 Mountain Time. And then they go back to San Jose to play. I think that game is also at 8. Yes. On Saturday. Mm -hmm. Why couldn't they make that one earlier? I'm not mad about that. That should have been earlier. I mean, I actually, I think I know the answer, and it's because they couldn't have any matinees because NBC Sports is also covering the Kentucky Derby, which is that day. You're Uh, right. You're right. So that's why, but I'm still annoyed. There might be other Saturday games that they also have to cover. Let's see. Yeah, I know so it's Saturday, not the only one. there's also Columbus and Boston game, whatever that's going to be for them, probably five at 7.15 Eastern, which is five Mountain, four Pacific. Mm-hmm. But that's also on regular NBC instead of NBCSN. So. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, let me sleep. Why are we playing Pacific Teams? I complained about being tired in my pens group chat, and they were like, Madison, you live in Los Angeles. And I was like, <laughs> you have a point, but, like, even for, like, me on the West Coast, these games are going so late because they go into overtime and then they're going into like 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, let me sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Fingers crossed the abs pull out. Ideally, three wins. Just this week, just win every fucking game. If on to round three. In five games, both times, I would almost definitely cry but um i just really need them to win too yes please and thank you so you will hear from us again next week hopefully after the abs have made it to the third round but who knows <laughs>